So anybody, does anybody need uh, the Lord for healing today? Raise your hand. Anybody need healing today? So at the end, we're going to pray for people who need healing. And because uh, I believe the Lord wants to heal people. And that's, that's our vision is to see, see God touch people's lives on a practical level in their, in their physical body. So we want people to be praying for healing. Everybody good? All righty. Well, um, you know, in most churches today across the world, uh, this is the first Sunday in the year, and most pastors have these great messages about what God's going to do in 2007, right? Yeah. And uh, so, and there's lots of those messages are pretty powerful. If you read prophetic words and stuff that people get, uh, a lot of them are really accurate, and they really are. Well, a lot of it has to do, you know, a lot of it depends on us receiving it and believing it and allowing the Lord to, to work those things into our lives. So, um, anyways, I, so I have this message I want to give, and, it's, and the name of the message is God's Heart for Us in 2007. And I wish I could, I'm not saying this is some prophetic thing that God's given me. I'm, this is stuff the Lord's been showing me personally about what God wants to do um, with with me and with this church, with you. So, and if you remember last week, I gave you a message about out of First Kings 18, verse 30 through 39, where the uh, Elijah called down fire from heaven, um, and how the Lord brought this, you know, released this fire from heaven onto this altar, and it was really just a really powerful uh, outbreak of the Lord, and. But I shared a few things about how God really wants to repair the altar of our hearts before He can bring the fire. Okay? So this is sort of a practical application of God, uh, the pathway to God's power, the pathway to God's fire. And it's just things that the Lord has shown me. And I want to uh, preface it by sharing something that I read this morning on uh, Fox News uh, website. And it has to do with a, a pretty serious situation in the world. And it's, Israel has admitted publicly for the first time that they have nuclear weapons. They've never, never really done that. But what, basically what Israel has, is, has stated is that they are considering and actually uh, working on a plan to possibly bomb these nuclear reactors that Iran has. And their plan is, and this is how far they've gone in this plan, their plan is to drop what they call a bunker buster, which is a pretty serious bomb, onto these reactors, which are like 17 floors down into the ground. And once they drop the bunker busters, they come back with another bomb, a nuclear warhead, and drop it, which they are in the belief, they talk about like a five kiloton, which is five, five, you know, a lot of dynamite, killer, thousands, okay? Five kilotons is lots of dynamite exploding. Level warhead, nuclear warhead that would go down in this hole that the bunker buster blew out and blow up this reactor or this nuclear facility that Iran has. Which is a pretty serious thing if you think about that uh, if that Israel is really, you know, communicating these kind of threats now. So you know things are really getting serious in the world. And so really what, the reason I'm saying that to you is, is what I believe the Lord wants to do with the church. The church has to 
We had to come alive in the Spirit. We had to come alive spiritually and become something we haven't been. Uh, it's sort of a, it's, it's just wrong that we are supposed to be a church of great power and we don't have power. And we're going to be in a world that is going to require power to survive. It's going to require a church that walks in the Spirit, a church that lives from the Spirit realm, because hopefully this won't happen, but if, if it does happen, it would be a pretty serious situation in the whole world. It would affect every person on the planet in some ways. So we really need to be at least uh, praying that, that, you know, that somehow the Lord would defuse all that. Uh, we know that if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, they wouldn't hesitate to use it. You know, I mean, their stated purpose is to destroy all the infidels on the earth, and we're the infidels. Whether you knew it or not, we're an infidel. We're not a, we're not you know Muslims. So, you know, that's sort of their stated purpose. But this is the scripture the Lord gave me, um, and I believe the Lord wants to do this. Now, again, we can receive this by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and let God begin to do it. This is not a, something that happens in a moment. And it's uh, Acts 4.33. Got Mr. Eric Starr back there. We'll see how he can see if he can keep up with me. <laughs> Acts 4.33. It says, With great power, everybody say great power. The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And I just think, I want to say this. Man, that is really awesome what the fusing, fusion group is going to do. That guy, Ray Comfort, is a pretty powerful evangelist and has been for many years. He's, he's a great evangelist. has a real evangelist anointing on him. And the Kirk Cameron guy, he's pretty, pretty. you know, he was a, a actor on television. But he is very, Kirk Cameron is a very serious Christian. I mean, very serious. I mean, he, he's not, you know, one of these look-good Christians. He's a, he's a real guy. Uh, so that's really powerful because that's really what the Lord, the Lord ultimately wants to release power out of the church. Yeah. This, the, the end product must be a, a, this. It says there was great power on them as they gave witness to the, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. So I believe the Lord wants to release both power and grace to us this, this, this year, that God really wants us to begin to move more into His power, more into His grace. He wants to release those things. And um, this is what I've really seen the Lord's been trying to do in our church in recent months. And you can be a part of this if you want to, or you can be not a part of it. <laughs> is God is trying to accelerate us. In other words, on a timeline, we're, we, were, we have been here where God wanted us here at this moment. His heart was, y'all should have been down the, down the road this far in your life, the life of this church. So he's accelerating. You know what accelerate means? It means put your foot on the gas pedal and go faster. He's moving faster now in people's lives, and he's doing things quicker. And what we had to learn about God, the way God does stuff is not the way human beings do things. It's the, the truth. We think if we'll do certain things in the church or with our spiritual life, we're going to have these certain successes. But what I've learned, and this is the truth, a lot of things I'm having to repent of because they weren't right. They weren't way the, way the way God would do it. And I've had to restart repenting like, well, Lord, that's not how you do it. You have a different program. And I need to repent and submit myself and get under God's program. And, and that's really how we do it. And as we begin to do that, God will accelerate you and get you where you need to be. So if and when some calamity in the world happens, because there's going to be calamities, you know, the Bible really tells us that, 
You are going to be a spiritual person. You're going to be a person who's walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit. You're going to get your information from the Spirit realm and not just what's going on in the natural. And you're going to find out what to do about it. And what you should do about it on a personal level and what the, the body of Christ that you're connected with should be doing about it. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? So I want to encourage you that what the Lord's trying to do now is not just so we can enjoy and have a great time in church. Again, we should enjoy and have a great time in church, but God has a bigger purpose in mind, a greater purpose. A greater purpose of what He wants to do. And part of His purpose has always been is to save the world, to save human beings. So He's got this great concern to, to do that, and we think we know how to save them. Okay? We think we know what to do. We think we know what, how to teach the people. You know, we think if we'll do it this way, you know, we'll get these results. But what we need to realize, it's not worked. And God is saying, if you'll bow to me and bow to my ways, I can give you things that'll work. I can equip you and give you the tools that really will work. You know, like these men were doing in that day. So, um, the Lord Himself is our example, right? Uh, well, let me just tell you this story. This is something that the Lord was reminding me of. Back in my previous uh, career, I was an engineer. And, and I've been in, in lots of, of industrial plants or power plants where you had to go into these rooms, and they call them different things, electric control rooms, power centers, where this was like the heart of the whole operation. Everything stemmed from that place. Well, not just anybody could go in those rooms. Okay, not just anybody could get in those rooms. You had to have permission to get in there. And the first time you went, they even made they took somebody made you that go with you. And when you went in the room, there was these yellow lines on the floor where you could walk and where you couldn't walk. Okay, because there there was this great power in this room. So you had to be able to be entrusted to go in there and follow the rules of the room, follow the room rules of the power. And they had to better trust you to do that. So the Lord is looking for people that are willing to be entrusted with power. And if you proved yourself, they would actually, where you could go and say, I need to go in this room, and they would actually give you the key because it was all locked up. You could actually have the key to go unlock this door yourself and go in this room and do your business. But you had to prove yourself first. You had to prove that you could obey the rules, that you could walk. And that's what God wants to do. He's looking for people that can, He can entrust His power to. That's really what He's in. If you want the power, He's saying there's a way to get the power. There's a pathway. There's a prescribed method. And that's really sort of what I feel like God wants to do for us. Um, so I wanted to share out of the life of Jesus how Jesus came into power. And um, so this year, maybe the Lord may... Uh, admonish you some everybody need that would be a good thing actually when the Lord admonishes you <laughs> when he speaks into your life let the Lord admonish you let the Lord correct you you know gracious worst kids in the world kids that their parents don't correct them isn't that right nobody wants to be around those kids well we need the Lord to give us correction Andy's a good example of that <laughs> we've had to really work hard on him man <laughs> Anyways, the first scripture is Luke 2.40. Are y'all, ever, everybody good? It says that it's Luke, the child grew. Okay, so I'm proposing and saying that this is a year for us to grow. 
The Lord wants us to grow. Now, you can take that however you want to, but I personally believe the Lord wants us to grow in grace and knowledge of Him. I think that's the most important thing. That's that's Second Peter 3.18, is that the Lord wants us to grow in grace. Second Peter 3, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, next year this time, we should be in a lot more grace. We should be in a lot more knowledge and intimacy with the Lord. And the Lord is offering growth to you this year. He's offering growth. If you'll receive, just say, Lord, I receive growth. Yeah. All right, the second thing says that the child grew and became strong in spirit. All right, this is the key one here. I was, I don't tell not to be too hard on you about this one. The child became strong in spirit. The Lord wants us to become strong in spirit. In other words, um, we have a problem in the American church, and the problem is this, is we are strong in our mind. That's where we're strong at. We're strong in our intellect, which the intellect is a great thing, Okay. The intellect is a great thing, but the intellect was never meant to be the ruler of your life. It was meant to be the servant of your life. And this is what the Apostle Paul actually prayed. He prayed this. He said that, the, he, and this is in Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, speaking of the Lord, that He would grant you according to the riches glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that you would be strengthened in your inner man, not your intellect. In other words, the intellect is meant to serve you. But when you allow your mind to be in charge of you, you have made the fatal mistake. You have cut yourself off from the realm of the Spirit. Because you can't tap into the realm of the Spirit by listening to your mind. You can only tap into the realm of the Spirit by listening to your spirit. So your heart has to make a decision of whether it's going to listen to the mind or the Spirit. Christians are meant to live out of their heart. Christians are meant to get their information from the Spirit realm. That's what they're meant to be. He designed us that way. But most Christians in this world today, get their, they're, they're living up here. Did y'all read, those of you who heard Bob Jones talk about this angelic encounter he had, he said, I invited them into my living room, and he put his hands on his mind, his head. You have to submit the mind to get into the supernatural world. That's how it comes into your life. Your, your mind is the gate to that world. Okay, The gate being the servant, the doorkeeper, the serve what the Spirit's saying. And if you will teach your mind to do that by submitting your mind and not listening to what, what your brain... And, and it's true what Arthur Burt says, your mind is the loud mouth. It's a loud mouth. It screams at you. And your spirit is, speaks softly. You're going to have to learn to listen to the soft voice. And if you'll do that, that's how you can tap into the spirit realm. Otherwise, you can stay in the natural realm and be like everybody else in the world. You know, be like the people in the world. Be like, you know, be like Christians who are defeated Christians who are not walking in the Spirit. So that's really what I believe the Lord is saying when, when, when He says He became strong in Spirit. He became strong, strong living from the Spirit realm. Then the next thing the Lord wants to do is He wants to fill us with wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? Wisdom. Okay. Um, now, what the, this is important, I really feel, because the Lord is beginning to release more revelation. And in the Bible it says, Paul prayed that we'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because you can have revelation, apart from wisdom, you won't know what to do with that revelation. You won't know how that revelation applies. You won't understand it. So you need the wisdom of God to come with the revelation to tell you where to place that thing, tell you how to apply it, tell you what to do with it. And here's a terrible example of that because 
Is anybody else having an experience that you feel like the Lord's starting to move in your home? Anybody having that? In your house, God's starting to do stuff. See, that's what we want, the Lord to move in there. There's activity happening in the house. The Holy Spirit's showing up in the house. He's doing things in your home. That's what we want. It'll be different for every home because every home's different. You know, my home right now, there's no kids there, so we, can, we don't have to deal with, you know, with the little children, but the Lord can move in the house with little children. He certainly can. But this is what happened recently with Becky. I'll tell you, I'll tell hers, not mine, because mine's bad. Hers was this. The Lord gave her a word, and he gave her the word Cessna. Everybody knows what Cessna is, an airplane. She didn't know what it was. I tell you what kind of person she is. She grew up right beside the airport and didn't even know what a Cessna was. <laughs> she wasn't interested in what a Cessna was. Well, she didn't know what this, She was thinking, you know, what's, what's Cessna? You know, Lord gave me this word. She looked it all up, and she could tell you more about Cessnas now than anybody. Who started it, where, you know, canvas airplanes. But this, guess what happened? When was it? The next day, there's a Cessna airplane went down in Charlotte in a yard and killed a family. Now, you don't think the Lord's not concerned about families, about that family? They have one person left in that family who was supposed to be on an airplane, a young girl, college-age girl who's born again, fortunately knows the Lord. But the Lord was released. There's this information up here in the Spirit. You may not believe stuff like that, but again... It's your choice. It's your mind. You can open the door or you can close the door. That information is available. I don't believe the Lord wanted them people to die. Now, did Becky miss the Lord? She didn't have the spirit of wisdom. And so we're seeing the Lord saying, no, He's called us to be watchmen over our community. He's called us to look out on what's going on around us spiritually. And He wants to tell us about stuff like that. And He wants to tell us, to, and then tell us this is the wisdom that goes with it. This is what you need to do. You need to pray. You need to stop that plane from crashing. If you had wisdom, you could do it. You could, you could interpret and apply what God had given you. Are y'all hear what I'm saying to you? This stuff is available to us. God wants to give this stuff to you, you and I. It's there. It's for us. And that's why we need wisdom. And the Lord wants to release this kind of revelation. He wants to release this kind of wisdom to the body of Christ. Who else should it be getting this stuff? Should it be just special prophets? Should it be just people in the world giving natural predictions? You know, watching trends and making predictions? No, the church should know what's going on. We should know. This is ours to know. The spiritual realm should be ours to really be looking into and knowing what's happening there. And you can have that if you want it this year. I believe the Lord's going to release that kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you mine anyway. I want to tell you mine because it was sort of really tells you how bad I am. I had a vision of Naomi Stewart, Angel and Matt Stewart's baby girl. I had a vision of her, and I had a vision of her biting somebody. So immediately, and this is a real vision. I'm sitting here. I'm not thinking about nobody. I'm not thinking about no babies, nobody biting. And when I got it, I thought, whoa, you know, I'm erasing that vision. You know, like, what in the world? You know, like, what is that? You know? So I was talking to Matt Stewart last Sunday at the church, and he, we were out there playing with the babies. And he said, Naomi gave her first full sentence this week. I said, really? What was it? I was excited. You know, first sentence. When you get to be a grandfather again, that kind of stuff's important to you. First sentences and words and all that. So you're thinking about those terms. He said, well, she said, I bite. And then she bit her mama. <laughs> now, 
I don't know why the Lord... I mean, the Lord does have a sense of humor. He does things I don't really understand. I mean, I don't know why the Lord did it. I think what the Lord was trying to tell me is, Byron, there is information there. You were just picking up the spiritual realm. I mean, I know it sounds crazy. But what Becky got wasn't crazy on any level. See, it's there. That stuff is happening right there. The Lord knew Naomi was going to bite her mama. <laughs> right? He, for some reason, let me see it. Of course, I discounted it as being, you know whatever it was. But the Lord was trying to get a message across. He wants to reveal stuff. He wants us to get real serious about what He's revealing. And it's available to us. So He wants to give us not only revelation, He wants to give us the spirit of wisdom this year so we can understand our revelation. Everybody good? Uh, and, the, and then it says, The grace of God was upon Him. The grace of God. And that's what we want. Lord, we need more grace, Lord. He gives more grace. We want to be covered in grace in everything we do. And it's there for us, for the humble. That's what the Bible says anyway. All right, the next scripture is Luke 2, 51 through 52. Actually, what I'm doing is taking you for, through the first years of Jesus' life. That's what I'm showing you. And what happened in His life, and Christ being our life, Christ being our example, we should expect the same. Then it says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth. So everybody say, went down. And see, that's important. We've probably overemphasized that, but we... I don't know if you can overemphasize going down and being humble. You know, uh, but that's what it means. It means God is requiring more humility of us. That's what He's requiring. He's requiring more humility. You haven't humbled yourself enough, whether you think you have or not. You must humble it. If you want to have this mind thing, that's what's going to take to get it. You've got to humble yourself to do that. You're going to have to repent from what you think is right over and over constantly ask the Lord to forgive you Lord I, I'm wrong I'm, I'm wrong Lord please forgive me I told you a couple of weeks ago Nazareth at the time when Jesus was the worst place in the whole nation it was a ghetto they said it was an irreligious place in other words nothing spiritual can be happening there what good could come out of Nazareth is what they actually said and that's where Jesus came from. That's where He came out of Nazareth. He went down to Nazareth. And He says He was subject to them. That's another thing the Lord really wants to ask you this year. Are you willing to subject yourself to God's authority and place yourself under it? I know submission is not a, hum a hugely popular subject in the, in, the, in the spiritual world because of all the bad things that have been to it. But the Lord really is real interested in submission. Jesus was submitted. And if we're going to walk in power, we're going to have to learn... When I went in those power plants, I obeyed the rules. I obeyed the people over me and said, this is what you can do. You see those yellow lines? Do not step out of those yellow lines. Don't even think about it. Don't even put your hands across those yellow lines. You walk in there, and I walk in there, and I put my hands in my pocket. If I had a, I had a clipboard or something, I just kept it there. I did what I was told to do because I was no fool because I knew that stuff over there would kill me and get a lot of other people killed. And that's what the Lord wants us to realize. His power is dangerous. His power can do some damage. So He needs people who will obey and people who are submitted and who have a humble heart so He can say, well, here's the power now. You got, you got that, you got the power. You know, I'll give you the key. And you can use the power. So, um, and then His mama kept all these things in her heart. Your mama may keep all this stuff in her heart. Mamas sometimes get upset about things. Your family does. But it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. See, there's just an increase in wisdom He wants to release. An increase in favor. Anybody need favor today? 
Anybody need favor with God and man? In other words, we need to be able to go to the grocery store and find the sales. That's favor from God. I'm serious. God wants to give people favor. Oh, you know, you get up in the morning, get ready to go somewhere, and the Lord distracts you. And you find out there was a major accident and you would have been in the middle of it. That's favor. That's what we want. God, I'll intervene in my life like that. Do things like that. I want your favor on me. I need your favor, both spiritually and then in the natural. I want to raise. I want, you know, to prosper. I, I want this. I want that. I want you to do these things for me. And the Lord has to, He can give those and release those things into your life. And He wants to do that. God's looking for a people He can entrust that to. He really is. And we can have that if we allow Him to do that. All right, it goes on in uh, Luke 3, verse 21 through 22. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to, to pass that Jesus also was baptized. So, first of all, if you've never been baptized, I'm talking about baptized in water as a Christian, as a believer, you should do that because the Bible says to do that. You know, it's simple obedience. And it can make a difference in your spiritual life. Of course, it doesn't save you, but if the Bible tells you to do something, you would be very wise to do what it says to do. So if you haven't, you please, you need to. Okay, but I want to tell you another baptism the Lord wants to do. It's called waiting on the Lord. Waiting in God's presence. Being baptized in His presence. Uh, the old saying was waiting, meditating. The new sayings are terms like soaking Anybody ever heard that term soaking? You've heard of soaking, being soaking in the Lord's presence? That's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to soak. That's how you get. That's how you get from the Lord. You soak in His presence. You get still before the Lord. It's what the Bible says was waiting on the Lord. We're just using another term called soaking. There's other terms that people use. Pickling. Everybody knows what pickling is. Pickling's a bad word in my opinion. Naturally. Because it's ruining a good cucumber. <laughs> I like cucumbers. I don't like pickles. But the Lord literally wants to pickle us in His presence. That we're just soaked in God. Where God is just... And it changes who we are. It changes our flavor. It changes everything about us. His flavor comes out of us. You know, then marinating. You know, I like that word. Marinate your steaks and make them taste better. You know? But the Lord really wants us to do that. That's something the Lord's asking people to do. Wait, those who wait upon the Lord. Isn't that powerful, waiting upon the Lord? doesn't sound powerful, but it is. It's very powerful. That's where you can get all the stuff you need. If you'll go wait on the Lord, the Lord will begin to reveal stuff, not to your mind, but right down here. And then your mind will come into alignment with it. it and that's the way it works. And then it says, uh, then it says, while he prayed. And this is another thing I believe the Lord wants to release, is a new anointing for prayer. There's been, you know, prayer movements in the last, you know, 15 or so years in the church and sometimes you just got wore out from praying. Some people did. I did. You know, you get tired of praying. There's an anointing that lifts off in prayer and you don't feel like you can do it anymore so it's just time to quit. But now there's a new time for prayer. And, but it's a different kind of praying. God wants to release, release a different type of praying. And this is the difference. Uh, while he prayed, the heaven was open. God is going to, I believe he really will. If he can find some people that can really tune into his spirit and pray according to his spirit, it'll open heaven. And God wants to open heaven over our lives. And so we can tap into heaven through our prayers this year. And I believe the Lord wants to raise up prayer. 
in a big way. I really believe prayer is important. We've got, we've got to get that unction again in us. Many of us have had it in the past and lost it. You know, in fact, there was words back a few years ago to tell the intercessors, quit. You know, it's time to stop. You wore yourself down. Well, the Lord's saying to them same people now that really have that, it's time to get back up and start praying again. It's time to give, you know, get up and pray. I mean, there's different ways of praying. There's different groups. You know, at your home you can be an intercessor. You know, it doesn't have to be some organized thing. And it can be. But God is calling forth for prayer to come in the church. Watchers, people who can watch over what's going on around them. And I believe we're going to... That was much of what the Lord was showing Becky with that Cessna thing. I want to show you what's going around in the community around you. Oh, yeah, some these people are supposed to die. See, they're supposed to die. They're not dying. I'm going to stop it before it happens. Now, that's, that's prayer that opens heaven. Now, you may not believe that happens, but I'm sure it happens all the time. Probably somebody got you into the kingdom of God by praying for you. Right? So I believe the Lord really wants to raise up prayer um, over us. And then it says, The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon Him. All right. That speaks of God manifesting Himself in the natural realm. The Spirit manifesting Himself on people. Okay? He wants to do that. He wants to do it as, as embarrassing as that can be for people. It's embarrassing when the Lord really touches you real strongly. It's embarrassing. You feel stupid afterwards. You don't feel like some spiritual giant. You're like, dang, oh man, I'm going to fool myself. Why did I say that? Or why did I do that? Like, ooh, let me find the first hole to crawl under. If I can just find a hole to crawl under, I don't know how you crawl under a hole, but that's what you feel. If I can get under this carpet and hide, I'll be good. I was watching, uh, y'all like to watch God Channel, I know you do. I enjoy it. But I was watching these preachers on there, man, and they were just preaching up the storm in front of thousands of people, okay? And this dread came on me when I was watching. I was thinking, oh, man. This is serious. This is really serious because, you know, the Bible says if you teach the Word, you're going to be held to a higher level of judgment. You know? And I got to realize, people are crazy if they really want to do something like that. If they want that ministry like that, they're crazy. They don't realize they're setting themselves up for something awful. I mean, awful. God is going to come after people. He's going to come after people. So really, what we need is we need the Holy Spirit to touch us. We need to have this fear. I believe God is really going to bring the fear of God into the church again. I believe He's going to bring it on preachers. I believe they're the first people that need the fear of God brought on. I'm not talking about fear of getting called about doing something bad. I'm talking about the fear of God coming when people open their mouth and they speak the Word of the Lord. They don't try to have their stupid ministries and all that stuff and want and this, this desire for fame or whatever it is. They are going to be too afraid to because they're going to realize the consequences of their action. You hear what I'm saying to you? And, and really it applies to all of us. God really wants to bring this fear in all of them on, on us where we realize this is serious business. God is not to be played with. Spiritual things are not to be played with. We can't tamper with these things. And if God wants to use us, then we need to be like, Lord, you're using me, but daggone, Lord, you know, find me a hole to crawl under. You know, because I don't want to be seen. Lord, I want to be hid in you. That's the heart that the Lord's looking for. He's looking for people who are willing to say, Lord, I really want that. I want to hide in you. It's a safer place to be in you than standing up in front of all these people on television and all that. And then you're going to come and speak to me about what I just said or did. That's a fearful thing. 
And the church has lacked it. And God is going to bring, when He brings the fire, I promise you, the rats will scatter. We will scatter like crazy because we're going to be afraid and we'll be afraid to open our mouths. We haven't seen it in the church. We haven't seen it. But the Lord wants to bring it. And I will say, now's a good time to start getting embarrassed. Let the Lord embarrass you. Let Him embarrass you. Let Him. Don't, you know, one of the great uh, hindrances to revival is a spirit of reserve. In every revival, that's what they say, a spirit of reserve. People who reserve, I'm too reserved for God to touch me. They don't think that. They don't realize there's a spirit on them. What we need is a spirit of abandonment where we open ourselves up. Lord, I'm your child. I was put on this earth for you, not for all this other stuff. Touch me today, Lord. I'm not going to sit back there, my arms folded up, holding, you know, protecting myself. And if you're a person who gets exuberant and your exuberance is tapping your toe, well, that's great. Tap your toe until it falls off. But don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself and say, well, I'm being touched by the Lord when you're really not. And because I'm just tapping my toe, the Lord's touching me. Because I have a... No, the Lord said, no, I want to humiliate you. I want you to be so embarrassed when I get through with you, you're going to go home and say, God, I wish I'd have never done that. Because <laughs> I feel embarrassed about my old flesh. But the Lord doesn't care about that. All He cares about is your heart, your soul, your spiritual man. Because that's what's going to be in heaven. You see what I'm saying to you? I don't know how I got off on all that, but... Yeah, I mean, that's really the truth. So the Holy Spirit wants to descend on us. And I believe that. I'm saying, Lord, descend on me. And I don't like being embarrassed. I really don't. I like being unembarrassed. You know? Don't embarrass me, Lord. You know? Oh, I will embarrass you good, bud. I had this uh, experience with the Lord recently. Okay? Let me tell you about it. And it was basically this. The Lord said, I got something to say to you. And I said, and he started saying it to me, and I started giving him my counterpoint. And he said, You hush and listen to me. So I hushed him, and then I said, I started saying it again. And he said, No, shut up. I'm talking. Okay? That's why the Lord wants to deal with people. He wants you to be quiet so he can say something to you. Unfortunately, that wasn't just me and God up there in heaven doing it, it was another human being in my face telling me this. Okay? And I had to make a choice. Is this the Lord or just... And I knew it was the Lord, so I just had to be quiet and listen and take the whipping. But it was a good whipping. It was a great whipping. The Lord wants to whip some people. I'm serious. He wants to wear you out. And, but the thing is, there's a freedom gets released in your heart because He says, that's the thing that needs to come out of your life because it's hurting you. It's hurting you. It's hurting you. If He wants to whip you, let Him whip you. And usually He does it with another person, unfortunately. And usually it's somebody that you like... Mm-hmm. They can't be doing that to me. But the other thing the Lord wants to do, anyways, is you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. And that speaks of the spirit of adoption that the Lord really wants to release on the church. Is the church, there's too many people in the church that don't, don't feel accepted, they don't feel like they measure up, they don't feel like they're loved, they feel like a second-class citizen, they compare themselves, they feel beat up, they feel closed off, they're, they're shunning themselves from other Christians, they shun themselves from God, they have all these things, and what they need is they need the Lord to get a hold of that wounded and hurt heart in there and grab a hold of it and tell them, all oh, that's a big crock of lies, 
and, and, and heal the heart and release that spirit of adoption on them. Let them know that, look, listen, bud, you're, I'm the daddy of all daddies and you're my child and I love you. Let's sell it today. Yeah. And God wants to sell that. You'll never go nowhere with Him. Never. Until you get that issue, I mean, settled between you and God. And when you get it settled, everything's good. Because you're thinking, well, I'm good. I don't care what anybody says. Because I've got some good information going in my life. And it came from God. But see, a lot of people in this room sitting here today, you don't have that settled. You're fighting it. You're struggling. And you're fighting, you're fighting against other people. You're fighting against what the Lord's doing. When really, the Lord just wants to love you and tell you personally, listen, settle it. I really do love you. You really are my child. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says or anything happens. It doesn't matter if you, be or if you feel successful or feel a failure. The spirit of adoption is really important. It really is. It's really important for the church to get that. Without that, you are not going to ever walk in God's power. You're just not. How can He trust somebody who don't even believe they, that they don't have that relationship with them? It just won't work. And that's why we have a power. One of the reasons we have a powerless church, because we've got a bunch of Christians who haven't got that settled, haven't got their heart healed, haven't got their emotions touched by the Lord, where they feel like there really are love, and they feel that intimacy with the Lord that's based on the Lord Himself, not not anything else. Are y'all okay? All right, the other thing is, um, and also, you know, y'all have heard this one before, is, you know, you're my son, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased, you know, of course, before Jesus did anything. Uh, it was, you know, it's not based on what you do. It's based on who you are. You know, Jesus had not done anything at that point. He was just, really, he was just this guy. You know? And this, all these miraculous things started happening. And he was just sort of, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you know, I'm in. I'm in to what I feel in my heart. I'm in. And it, you know, things, of course, he wasn't just a guy. He was a special guy. But he was the first. He was the first special guy. There should have been a bunch of other special guys that followed him. We should be those special guys and gals. You know, because we got him living in us. You know, and you really ought to be able to hear what he hears and do what he did. I mean, isn't that what the Bible really tells us? I mean, it really should be. I know it's hard for us to get that one. Then in Luke 4, 1 through 2, this is going on in Jesus' Jesus's journey, Jesus' journey to power. This is Jesus' revival, man. This is how he had a revival. It says, Then Jesus, being filled, everybody say filled, with the Holy Spirit. See, the Lord wants to fill people with the Holy Spirit. Just like, because see, Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If he had to, you think you don't have to? That's crazy. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound logical, but we actually think that. Well, I don't need the Lord to touch me like that. Of course you do. You absolutely need it. Then he returned from the Jordan. Everybody say return from the Jordan. One more time about the Jordan. It was the lowest place on the face of the earth, the Jordan River. That again speaks of the low humility thing. 
you know, one more time the Lord had to really emphasize to us that humility is kind of, kind of an important thing for us, to get low and stay low, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit is going to put you in some situations. Okay? He's going to put you in some situations. Being tempted. There's temptations that are going to come to people. In fact, I don't have time to read this one. I'd like to read it to you. Maybe I will. Some things that Jonathan Edwards said about sin and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Oh, shocking. They couldn't go together. Well, uh, Jonathan Edwards has this great little thing where he can go through the Bible and show you where it does go together. And there's what he says is when the Spirit moves, there's also sin. People, because, because there's a devil, <laughs> mainly. So we're really going to have to deal. If we're going to allow the Lord to really move in our life, we're going to have to learn how to resist the devil and not fall into his traps. Okay? Resist the devil. So we need to, we don't, we need to expect some kind of uh, perfection here. Like we're living in some utopia. There's a devil that's going to come in and try to pollute us. And what we've got to do is deal with that. And it says he was tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And I think that's important. And, you know, I think the thing that God wants us to hear about hunger is that we need to be more hungry. Okay? For the Spirit. For spiritual things. We're not hungry enough. Nobody in this room is hungry enough. And God wants to release. It's something that God does. Are you hungry this morning? Raise your hand. I'm talking about you hungry spiritually. That's great. See, if you are, it's because God did that for you. But here's the real truth. You're not hungry enough. He wants to give you more hungry. He wants you to be just reckless with Him. I mean, Lord, I, I'll do anything. I'm so hungry. I'm not happy, Lord. I've I got to have more of, of your activity. I'm just not going to be satisfied with my current state. Now, that's what God wants us. He wants people like that who are going to push the envelope as hard as they can. We need to be the Lord saying, Whoa, slow down here, son. Now, I don't want you to go that step. But we need Him to be doing that instead of us and our reserve. We need to push out there as far as we can. And if the Lord says, All right, that's far enough. Just hang there for a bit because I don't want you going any further. Then that's God. But I would rather Him have to tell me that than Him have to tell me, You're just being too, too messed up. So we need to ask the Lord for hunger. Are y'all still okay? We're right about at the end. All right, then in Luke 4, 14 through 15, this is where the power comes. The power fell here. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And when you get in the power, everything's taken care of at that point. You don't have to do stuff. You got the power. Okay? That's really what it is. You know, he didn't have to try to promote himself. He didn't have to try to do anything. He had this power operating in him, and, and that was just the way it, way it is. And that's really what the church needs. We don't need to try to promote. The church has fallen prey to... to am I just going on and on with you? Uh, we have fallen prey to, like, let's have the best this or the best that or have this or have that. Because what? Because no power. And God is saying, no, you don't have to do that. Let me get you to the power, and then you will have to, you'll probably have to drive them away because you won't want to mess with them. The world will be a step down to a church that has power. They really will. We don't need to do all that other stuff. And we need to quit wasting our time trying to do it. It doesn't mean we don't try to do nice things, but we really need the power. 
We need the power. We need the power of the church needs the fire to fall. That's what it really needs. Forget good music. Who cares about good music? I mean, honestly, if that's what's going to draw the world good music, go buy a U2 CD and play it in church. I mean, they have good music, you know? I'm serious. What we need is power, and then, you know, the music will be great. It wouldn't matter what it is. If somebody was there clanging on a day on, you know, three-string banjo, the anointing on it makes it sound good. <laughs> and we could have some great preaching at that point in time. We have preachers that got power. Preachers that are afraid to preach. That's what we need. Lord, give us some preachers that are really scared to preach. I mean really scared. They're afraid to preach. They're afraid to open their mouth and say something that you're not saying. All right, then, and I think it's interesting this. When the power comes, the news of Him. Everybody say Him. That's what God wants to do. It's the news of Him, of the Lord. See, when the power comes, the people are just sort of people. The Lord's the one who's really lifted up then. Then you don't have people trying to be special. And then the last thing is Luke 4, 18 and 19. It's the Spirit of the Lord, Luke 4, 18 there. Eric's doing a great job up there, isn't he? Everybody give Eric a clap. <laughs> that didn't help him get that scripture up there no faster. But <laughs> that thing is confusing, man. I was doing it the other night. It was about to drive me nuts. You gotta keep, you know, it's hard to remember things. But this is what the Lord said. This is where, you know, the power's here, and then you can do all these things. Is this not what we're supposed to be doing? This is what God's called us to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me, not annoyed me. You know? He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Who in here wants an anointing to preach the gospel to the poor? Raise your hand. The Lord's saying, I want to do it for you. He's looking for us anointed people to do it. Lord, anoint us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Raise your hands if you want that. Oh, man, the world's full of brokenhearted people. The church is full of brokenhearted people. You know, we could be brokenhearted before the day's over. I mean, literally, we could be brokenhearted, every one of us in this room. I mean, just crushed. We need a church that can heal us when we get like that. Thank God there's people who can do that. To proclaim liberty to the cat. Does anybody need to get rid of this captivity in their life? <laughs> you know, demons and stuff that have people bound. And the recovery of the sight to the blind. Oh, Lord, we want to see blind people. You know, I've told you this before, I think, about the blind, the healing of the blind. It's the only, it never happened in history until Jesus came. Nobody was ever healed of blindness. There's no, there's, it's never happened. The only it happened when Christ came on the earth. So it is a sign. It's a sign. When you start seeing people, blind people healed, you know the Lord has come. And that's what the Lord wants to do again. He wants to, to physically heal blind eyes. That sounds like a stretch for everybody, but it is a stretch for us. But, Lord, we want to be stretched. That's why I'm saying push the envelope, Lord. Get us out there. We want to be doing that. Oh, somebody got blindness here. Well, you know, the Lord's there then. If he got healed of blindness, that's what the Bible says. What did Jesus say when John the Baptist said, Are you the, the Messiah or not? He said, Oh, well, tell them the gospel got preached to the poor. Blind people saw. That's, that was his proof. 
That's what God wants us to do. Blind people saw. See, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to do it. But we need the power to do it. And then he said he was going to do uh, liberty for those who are oppressed. Anybody feel oppressed? The Lord wants to fix that. And we've had some measure of success in some of this stuff, but not enough. And, and it goes on to verse 19, Eric. <laughs> to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So that's what we're, we're proclaiming for 2007 this year, that it is the acceptable year of the Lord. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. It's the acceptable year of the Lord today. The Bible says today, if you'll hear, your, hear, hear His voice, don't, don't, don't close your heart off. Open your heart up. Say, okay, Lord, I'm in. I'm in, Lord. I'm in. You got me. You can count on me. Count me in. I'm in. So, um, you know, there's a couple things. Is one, we wanted there's some people raise their hands that needed healing. Let's get the people who need healing. Since we talked about it, we should practice it, right? Let's ask those people to come up. We want to lay hands on them that need healing. So y'all come on, the ones that raise your hand. <laughs>